It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. Happy Friday to everybody. It is Friday, May 22nd, 2020. We've made it through another week. Can you believe it? Day by day, we're checking off the weeks ahead and it's uh, just so fun to pass the time and talking to you guys. We are almost to the month of June and I know that the things are starting to open up around the country a little bit here and there, uh, except here in California, of course, our, our governor wants to... Uh, keep us uh, in captivity for another three months, apparently, but we won't dwell too much on that. We're hoping to get through it all, and, and you've all made this a much smoother uh, operation, we'll say, by sitting here at home a lot and just talking on the microphone. It's been a blessing, really fun catching up with everyone. Today on the program, we have Gabe Perez. As I mentioned before, he's owner-operator of CrossFit North Pasadena. He's also in real estate, a real Hondo Prep graduate of 2005. We'll cover all that in our interview with him. I do want to apologize on the interview. There is a few moments, it kind of starts uh, pretty early, where the audio just seems off. When we were recording, that you know we weren't really talking over each other or anything, but just sometimes when you process a recording, I'm still new to all this, so bear with me. Uh, the audio, you know, one guy talks over another guy, and then there's also this long space in between sometimes. So if anyone knows anything about that, let me know. Uh, but but anyway, bear with us. You know, you still get the gist of most of our conversation. It's just a little odd at times. So I do apologize. I didn't want to erase or, uh, any of our conversation with Gabe. It was a long one, so, so stick with it. We're going to get right to it here in a minute, not waste too much time. But I do want to thank everyone who's been on the program this week. It's been incredible. Uh, John Lee, Dave Guerrero, of course, Bill Barnes, and Jacob Hauser yesterday. It's been a great week. Thank you to all of you. And if you have not done so, go back and and go ahead and listen to some of those uh, conversations. And and you can always listen to all of our conversations, all of our recordings from the past. Another thank you to Dr. Chris Albaugh for our new intro he did for me. He had a conversation or an episode not too long ago, Dr. Uh, Dr. Alba, PA, I believe it was, or something like that. But that was fun talking with him. There's been a ton of great episodes. Todd Carson, Mark Carson, Landon Goodwill, Steve Almond, they're some of our top plays. Uh, so people are still going back and listening to, to a lot of the different interviews. So I'm really happy about that. Thank you all for the support. We get to see all the listenership for the various episodes. We are well over 2,000 plays now. Uh, I'm excited about that. Just continue to move forward. Just It's very motivating. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. We do our podcast through the Anchor app, but it, it is distributed to other avenues as well. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast, we are uh, just so humbled by by you and the feedback that we've gotten. It's just it's so great. Uh, I got a knock at the door yesterday at home, and this guy wanted to tell us about his uh, – he's going to be in the neighborhood and wanted to offer his business basically to some of the uh, – I don't know what you call it, bug or insects, uh, kind of pesticides, just kind of cleaning up the area. 
and he offered exterminator. I don't think he was quite an exterminator, but he was trying to give me information on what he uh, could provide. So we said, ah, well, not everyone's home right now. We'll, we'll talk about it. What uh, do you have a, a business card or some information about what you do? And just uh, so we can talk it over and maybe maybe contact you. And he said, well, I don't carry a business card because I'm a, I'm an environmentalist. I have this iPad here, and I, I stood there in shock and said, oh, okay, well, have a nice day. Uh, I know we're in 2020, and there's a lot of things that go on now that didn't before, but you don't have a business card you can hand out to someone, and your excuse for it is that it, it, it's going to ruin the planet somehow. Uh, that was just shocking to me. I mean, I know not everyone carries business cards anymore. Uh, we're, we're, we're glued to our phones or our iPads, and but I thought it was a pretty simple request. Like, hey, you got something I can contact you on? Because we get business cards and pamphlets dropped at our front door all the time. So when I heard that, I was just, man, <laughs> I am all for recycling. I hate people that litter. But you're telling me a business card is now ruining Mother Earth. I, I just... <laughs> That was quite a bit for me. So I had to tell you guys about that. It just I'm seeing things and hearing things more these days that I never thought I would see or hear. And, you know, I have opportunity to express my frustration, if you will, when I hear those things uh, or see them as well. So uh, yesterday I had a little rant about the Riverside County Sheriff and all the great work he's doing. So I'm going to try to do that a bit more. Just... Uh, I'm sitting at home, guys. I'm sitting at home. I get out and about too, but I see these things that happen. And I just, I gotta, I gotta let. I'm at a point where I gotta let you know. I gotta <laughs> express myself to you. So I apologize. I know I'm just ranting away, but let's get to the Gabe Perez interview. It's a long conversation, so bear with us. And again, I apologize for the audio. We're gonna get to a quick, our quick sponsor here first, and then we will get right into our recording with Gabe Perez. So please enjoy. Okay, joining us today is Gabe Perez, another Rio Hondo Prep graduate from the class of 2005. He currently works in real estate, and he also owns a CrossFit gym in Pasadena, but we'll get to all of that. First, I want to welcome Gabe Perez. What's going on, Gabe? Nothing much, Matt. Thanks for having me on here, man. Oh, of course. Wouldn't have it uh, any other way. I'm glad to talk to all the alumni of RHP or just anyone who comes on the program. So, uh, you know, written down a bunch of names. And of course, you're on there. Uh, some of our previous <laughs> interactions. Have you listened much to the show? Yeah, man. I've actually it's been really cool to to hear how some of the, uh, you know, people just lose contact. And it's nice to hear how people are doing. I've reached out to quite a few of them um, just to like let them know I heard their podcast and glad they were doing well. So. Oh, cool. Well, that's uh, that's what it's all about. I mean, it was, uh, you know, we text here and there throughout the year, but you never get to sit around and, and, and chat with someone. You know, we, we, it almost took a quarantine for us to catch up with some people. You know what I mean? Yep. No, people don't have anything better to do, so might as well. <laughs> well, Gabe, we touched on it a little bit. Tell me a little bit about yourself as far as your career path. You, you work in real estate right now. I talked to AJ. I know AJ Corsini uh, last week. I know he had a little bit of uh, similar uh, job description, but you're in real estate and you also own a CrossFit gym. So tell me about those two career paths you've taken. Yeah, man. Uh, well, CrossFit was uh, an, a total accident. I, uh, I, was, I got injured really badly um, doing uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I dislocated my knee. It was like terrible injury. I was out for like a year. Um, and I discovered CrossFit as a rehab program. So 
started doing CrossFit. Um, as soon as I found out that you could compete in it, I was just like, done. I want to do this. I want to compete. Um, started doing CrossFit. You know, we all have a background in coaching. So it was a little bit of a different adjustment going from coaching kids to coaching adults. But, you know, it's all the same. They're just big kids. Um, started coaching people and they started asking me when I was going to open up a gym, never really thought of it until then. So honestly, man, I just started grabbing some ugly equipment from high schools that were going to throw it out anyways, started training people in my backyard and, you know, fast forward and, you know, we've been open for nine years now. Um, yeah, so it started from grassroots, my parents' backyard. It was, it was it was awesome. It was, it was really cool to see it grow. (laughs) That's really cool, man. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a competitive guy in all of us, especially those who went to Rio and everything. So how did you, you were just practicing jujitsu for, I can't even say it, jujitsu for fun and (laughs) you you dislocated your day. What was going on? Uh, well, so here's the thing, man. Like I, I'm incredibly competitive and you know, I don't think that's a, a shocker to anybody, but I don't think I really ex- realized how competitive I was because, you know, we played football and, you know, it's a team sport. You sacrifice. It's not all about you. Um, and then I got out of high school and I just had the itch. Like I needed to do something and I picked up fighting as soon as I possibly could. Um <laughs> <laughs> I just, th- I just think it's like the ultimate sport. Um, and I was at a jujitsu tournament. It was my second tournament that I had ever done. And, uh, you know, we wear these, it looks like I'm just going to call it a karate, uh, gi. Cause that's how people would probably envision it. And man, I grabbed the guy. I remember so specifically, it kind of makes me nauseous. I grabbed the guy by the by his collars and I threw him down to the side and he sat down on my shin and and then we went over my own shin and I just remember like it felt like a bungee cord funny story um it just went ice cold and like I remember specifically thinking I was like okay I have probably five minutes before it starts hurting so I kept fighting. I got the two points and I, I finished, I, I, I beat him. Um, tried to fight the second round on like started by like on my knees um, and it dislocated again and I was done for, went to the doctor and I just remember the doctor looking at me in the face and saying, you were better off breaking your leg than doing what you did. <laughs> so yeah, man, that, that's what got me. That's what got me sidelined for like a year. I went into a depression, man. It was terrible. Oh man, Gabe, I stubbed my toe the other night and I felt the same <laughs> back way. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine dislocating my knee. Yeah, oh, just, it was bad. I'm in pain here just hearing this. Uh, so yeah, the, the injury, uh, you know, you don't have to dwell on it too much, but so it sent you kind of into this depression where you're kind of thinking about what's next in your life type of thing. Oh yeah, man. Like I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I was out for a year. I got super good at Sudoku, which is pretty cool. You know, like I'm, I, I will smash a Sudoku puzzle any time of day. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I, uh, when I was in jujitsu, I remember specifically sparring against this guy. And the thing with me is I, I so competitive, like I won't slow down. So I usually can like tire somebody out 
And this guy was not getting tired. And finally afterwards, and he was, you know, he's kind of fat. And I was like, dude, what do you do for training? And he told me about CrossFit. So I had CrossFit in the back of my mind. And once I got injured, I instantly started researching like, okay, I'm going to do CrossFit so that I can go back to fighting. And I was just hooked on another thing to compete in. <laughs> you seem like you have a very addictive personality. I know that when we were in high school together, you were, you were a couple years uh, younger than me, but I, I could see that in you then. Definitely it's, it's <laughs> transformed into your adulthood and, <laughs> and all your fighting and everything. That's, that's really incredible. And I want to tell you, Gabe, the past probably two or three years, I really have taken a bigger liking into combat sports specifically UFC and boxing. And I like both for various reasons. Uh, boxing is old school. I love that. I love how, how far back it goes. And then there's just something about the brutality of UFC. Uh, so, I mean, I'm a guy every Saturday night, there's, there's usually a fight card on. The past couple of years, I've really watched a lot more of it. And what has been interesting to me is that how much goes into a fighter's training? <laughs> they, they guys train for three or four months for one uh, 15-minute, 30-minute uh, fight. You know, it's, it's crazy to think about when you think of all the time these guys put in. But, but like yourself, I've really taken a liking into fighting uh, more. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to get in an octagon or, or something like that like you will. But I've really gotten into it. And, and just fighting's always been something you've, you've uh, liked and appreciated. Yeah. So I want to set the record straight real quick. I am by no means a fighter. Like I am not an <laughs> MMA fighter. I do not want to get hit in the face. I've broken my nose once and that Understood. was enough for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so no, I, I, I love grappling because it's, believe it or not, it, it sounds kind of barbaric. It's actually the safest kind of training to do. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's no, there's no striking. It's strictly, you know, joint manipulation and choking. And I, again, that sounds terrible, but it's actually really <laughs> safe. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I, uh, man, as early as I can remember, my brother and I would stay up at night and my dad would go to the, the, the VHS rental store for, for those of you young listeners, there used to be places where you could rent this rectangular device and um, my dad would get the UFC. So we've been watching UFC since UFC one. Mm -hmm. And I still remember watching some dude like just go to town with hammer fists on another dude's balls and there was there, you could not bite and you could not eye gouge, but you could do everything else. And it was awesome, dude. Like this was <laughs> the ultimate like level of human competition. And I love football. I think football is the best sport. Um, but I think the best test of a human being is to make them fight another human being. <laughs> Uh, agreed. I, I I agree with that. That's it's fantastic. It's it's fun to watch, and and you know what? The only fights I ever ever got in were they seem to be on like the basketball court. I always, I always <laughs> did something stupid or or cheap shot at a guy. You know, you you've, you've uh, <laughs> played with me a little bit of basketball. But that was the only time I really you know was was into fighting. Uh, yeah, when it's mano a mano, 
I, I don't know if that's my cup of tea, but I love watching it. I love supporting it. And that's one of the few quotes I remember from you, Gabe. I don't remember what the fight was. This was years ago, boxing or whatever it was. And someone, we were hanging out and someone's like, oh, what about the fight Saturday night? And I remember your exact words. I don't, again, I don't remember what the fight was, but you said, uh, someone's like, yeah, we gotta get the pay-per-view. And, and Gabe's like, you said, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're getting it. I got it. We're like, what, really? And, and your big quote was, yes, I support all fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like the anti-mom that way, if you really think about it. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I um... Sort of, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, it's definitely matured as a sport. I mean, I guess I should ask you, like, who's, like, your favorite, I guess favorite fighter, but, like, who do you like watching compete, boxing or MMA? Well, you know, guys like Fred will, will mock me for some of my – I am not the biggest boxing knowledge guy, but the past couple of years I've really liked uh, Tyson Fury. He's entertaining, <laughs> I'll say. He's entertaining. You never know what you're going to get with him. I mean, he's he, he's really fought nobody except Deontay Wilder. Uh, UFC, I mean, if Conor Grant McGregor's fighting, we're going to tune in. And that's just that's just the way it is. Uh, so he's fun. Uh, when Khabib got him, you know, what I mean, that was just like such a shocker for me. The way in which it went down, it was crazy. It was just like he totally dominated him, in, in my opinion. And, and and you know, when McGregor's supposed to be the baddest guy on the planet, uh, the, uh, piggybacking off of that, Sam, my brother, we we've really liked uh, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, that guy's <laughs> that guy is great. Like quiet, crazy. Like just kind of look at you, like. Oh my, you know, he's sticking to killing somebody. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I like Colby Covington. He's another kind of wild man. It was fun kind of watching some behind the grind on YouTube where it was Masvidal and Colby Covington as they're like just starting out and everything. So those are kind of some of the names I, I am far from an expert, but I, I do like following some of those guys. Oh yeah. I mean, those are, those are good choices. The thing is all of these guys, even if they get, just destroyed all of these guys are just deadly i mean masvidal mm -hmm. people don't realize it but dude that dude used to fight in the backyards with like kimbo slice like that's the same era that's the same type of dude that you're talking about there so people are like oh where'd this guy come from and you're like dude this guy we used to fight behind a chain link fence man like this, this is nothing for this guy um <laughs> and you know just the closer you follow it i mean the all the hype behind Conor McGregor, I think, was great. Like, he's a phenomenal fighter. But, dude, it was not a surprise at all what Khabib did to him. I knew, We all called it from a mile away because we already knew that if you have mm -hmm. a grappler that – dude, there's video of Khabib wrestling a bear when he was a kid, like a little baby <laughs> bear. It's like, dude, you can't get any more, like, grappler than that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And again, I was, you know, every time I watch, I learn something and I definitely learned something that night because you, you, you know, the, the average fan who doesn't know much about this stuff, you think McGregor's this, this unstoppable force. And then he just runs into, uh, to, to Khabib and was like, Oh dude, <laughs> okay. There's a lot more to this sport. And that's what I love is like someone's expected to win. And then it's an upset. There are no, there's strategy, but there's no plays called. There's no, uh, you know, there's coaching in the corner and stuff, but when it comes down to it, it's me against you. 
Uh, my technique's better than your technique. I got more will than you. All these things we love kind of come together. And I think that's what is really great about fighting, especially with some of the, the top fighters in UFC and boxing. Uh, a couple other boxers I like, uh, just while they're off the top of my head, Teofimo Lopez, really like him. Ryan Garcia, he's, uh, he's going to be incredible. And again, uh, let's, let's piggyback off of that. You being a huge fight fan, Gabe, what are, what are your thoughts on you know, the differences in boxing and, and MMA, you know, ex- set aside the, the obvious ones, but what are some, of, when you think of both of those sports and, and how they're different? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the phrase that jumps into my mind is respect your ancestors. Like that is, mm-hmm. that is such a staple of fighting and, you know, not to mention that I'm, I'm Mexican. It is a huge huge sport for Mexicans. So some of my earliest mm-hmm. memories were watching boxing with my dad. I don't even know who was fighting, but it was just like, oh, this is what we do. Like we, like we fight, like mm-hmm. we're proud of this. Um, I think that boxing absolutely has a place. I think that the, the direction culture is going kind of like the instant gratification whole approach, not to get philosophical with it, but boxing it's called the sweet science it's supposed to be a calculated Mm -hmm. chess game and people nowadays don't have the patience for that like they want them to be bare knuckles so somebody dies um (laughs) and you know you have to appreciate it like if somebody's a counter puncher don't yell at them to go beat the other guy up he's not going to do that that's not how it works you know um i think that Conor McGregor fighting in, in boxing was awesome because it showed the difference in approach. Like even though Conor tried to slow himself down, Mayweather still, (laughs) still just bobbed and weaved, let him get tired. People are so convinced that Conor was like on his way to winning that. No, like he was not on his way to winning that. Like he was, it was just such a beautiful comparison between the two and i don't think you can compare the other direction like you cannot say oh hey boxer get in the ring for mma because it's just it's too different but but they each have their place you know i'm not sure how else to explain that yeah i I like that Gabe. they each do have their place and so many ufc guys don't like boxing or boxing doesn't like i personally can appreciate both i love watching both i i I do because you're right there is the the chess versus checkers type thing and i I love that i love the the technique and and trying to figure out uh what's going through their through their mind in this different moments and everything and it's really really fun to watch it and when when you and i talked about coming on or you coming on the podcast i knew we kind of touch into this some of this combat sports stuff, but I didn't realize until kind of we started talking. It's like, you know what? I don't really get to talk this stuff with <laughs> too many other people. So, so it's a lot of fun. And, and so you talked about uh, your, your CrossFit gym and, and you work out a lot of different people there. And you said that the guy you were sparring with the one time, he said CrossFit was the best or was what he was doing. And so why was it that, CrossFit itself was the right fit for a guy like that who's fighting? That's a good question. Well, the, the whole purpose, the whole premise behind CrossFit is that you're, you're, you do not specialize in anything. So you are going to be <laughs> able to run. You're going to be able to deadlift, bench press, back squat. You're going to be able to do a handstand. 
Um, I mean, there's, there's videos of guys that are doing a sub, a sub five minute mile and then a 500 plus pound deadlift, which the, the human body is like not supposed to be able to do that. But the whole premise behind CrossFit is to get you stronger, faster, more athletic. So if you think about, again, what sport tests someone's athleticism the most, it's going to be something mm-hmm. like CrossFit because at any point in time, you're, you're throwing kicks, you're throwing punches, now you're wrestling, now you're back up and you have to do it all over again. So, I mean, CrossFit's whole foundation is kind of being prepared for anything. Sure. And aren't there in other levels of fitness, aren't there some uh, skeptics as far as CrossFit goes? Aren't there a lot of people critical of some of the tactics as far as wearing the body down? Or I don't know a lot about it. I'm just I'm asking you these questions. But aren't there people out there who who don't really like it? Uh, They think it's bad for you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's always going to be skeptics of everything. Um, There's the whole (laughs) criticism of like, you know, it's dangerous. What makes it really difficult to track now is anybody that, like if somebody goes into their backyard and they decide to do, you know, 200 back squats and then they do 200 push-ups and then they try to do 200 more back squats and they hurt themselves, they will say they hurt themselves doing CrossFit because they're an idiot. You know, like to do, to do <laughs> CrossFit, you need to be at an affiliate where you have coaches watching you. Because I'm not oblivious to it. I mean, I've had this conversation with so many people. CrossFit is absolutely dangerous when in the wrong hands. Okay. Yeah, I can understand that. Definitely. Just like a lot of things. A lot of things are. I mean, uh, a weapon in the wrong hands is is uh, is dangerous, you know? So so that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I, I totally get that. Um, well, one last thing about UFC. I mean, it's been on here recently with this whole quarantine oh, thing. I, I love, I love Dana White. I love him. I love the fact that he's saying, he, and he's taking the appropriate steps. At least in my opinion, they're not doing it in front of fans. It was last Saturday. It was, it was, uh, it was Wednesday, and it was on the following Saturday as well. So, w- what are your thoughts on? Did you get to watch any of it? And what are your thoughts on kind of them uh, leading the charge as far as bringing sports back? I mean. I'm not surprised at all that Dana White is, is is leading the charge in that. I think that he's a no-nonsense guy. I think that somebody mm-hmm. needs to step out and show – I'm going to be nice – show people that, you know, <laughs> locking up into a house is not necessarily the best option, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. That's a whole, that, that, that's a whole other valley we can go down, but <laughs> I mean, you're, cause you're talking to a gym owner that is being forced to close for the past two months. So, I mean, I think someone needs to show everybody like, Hey, this could be done if you're not a total idiot. Sure. Yeah. That, <laughs> we're throwing so much common sense out the window these days. It, it drives me crazy. And like I, I heard uh, 24 hour fitness, they were going to try to get back to business, but they were going to, they were going to limit, like say no showers, no sauna, no pool or whatever. I'm like, why would you <laughs> restrict those areas? Well, especially the, like the showers and <laughs> like what, how much sense does that make? Like I'm no scientist and, and I'm sure someone knows more than I do, but I'm like, what are we doing? Well, I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and these these fighters, they need they need to to fight. They need to perform. I mean, I'm assuming their bodies are going through so much right now, 
And if you're going to stay in quote unquote fighting shape, you got to fight every few months, get that live reps instead of just sparring all the time. So uh, it's frustrating. I am really happy to see Dana White doing what he's doing. And I've been glued to the TV for, for all the fight cards. <laughs> I, I I'm in and, and it's something to, to watch, right? Yeah. I mean, Oh, by the way, I got to throw this out there. Um, Who's, yeah. is it Barnes? Who, which guy do you have on, on Wednesdays? Yeah. That Bill guy's a spirit animal. Like that, like that, <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't even listen to the whole episode. Cause I had to go. I listened to like the first like 20 minutes and I was like, Oh, this guy's, this guy's legit. Like, I love this. So I'll be tuning in on Wednesdays. Cause I, you know, lots of uh, seeing eye to eye on things. I really appreciated that, that uncensored truth. Yeah, that's, that's Bill. That is Bill. He's a buddy of mine. And he says a lot of the things that maybe some of us won't or, or would like to, but don't, uh, you know, I'm sure he, he pisses some people off too, but we don't have to agree on everything. All this, all this uh, utopia society, everybody wants where we agree on everything uh, or, you know, one side's were, you know, these terrible people. It's like, geez, like, come on, lighten up. So yeah, he will always bring it hard. He tells me every Wednesday, we usually record on like Tuesdays and he always says, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I got all this stuff to talk about. I said, dude, say whatever you want. Like <laughs> I warn people all the time that it's uncensored and that's, that's thing. the kind so of I, dude I, that the older he gets, the funnier he's going to become. Like when he's like an old man, it's going to be comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed, man. Agreed. Yeah, you, you got to meet him sometime. And, and you're actually the second person this week who complimented me on him and said, man, that guy's great. Uh, I know some people are probably tired of hearing him, but, you know, they just they yeah. don't have to tune in on Wednesdays, yeah, take right? A day, take a day off. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, check him out on Facebook. If you, he's uh, Adam as a friend, he's always uh, open to chat. And, uh, yeah, that's I will definitely pass that information on to him as soon as we're done recording. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, well, let's talk about your gym. Your gym, uh, you said you've been closed yeah, for two yeah. months now? Oh, man. I, I hate to bring up a sore subject, but, I mean, what is it? Everyone's struggling right now. A lot of people are anyway. And are, would you fall under the category of small business owner? Would that yep, be correct? We are a small business owner, and we are considered phase three. Gotcha. Okay. So what exactly does that mean? Um, it means that the uh, state has decided to uh, take my keys away and, and lock my doors with, uh, without my permission and, um, you know, mm -hmm. for the safety of others. But no, it, it means that we are lumped in with 24-hour fitness gyms, which is just it's ridiculous. It's not even close to accurate. I mean, we have our memberships in the hundreds, like on a good day. And at any point in time, there's like seven people in the gym and it's a 3000 square foot facility. We clean everything between equip, like we clean equipment between classes. So it, it's, it's ridiculous. Like we shouldn't be categorized where we are, but you know, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very libertarian, like get out of everything, just leave us alone, you know, just let us, let yeah. us be. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, this is the game we play. So we just kind of had to pivot. So a lot of our, uh, 
all of our classes rather are on zoom. We're doing private training through like the zoom app. We're doing like little challenges for nutrition. I mean, it's really just the name of the game is keeping people engaged and basically on task for this entire lockdown. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you're still able to semi operate a little bit, I guess. I mean, I'm sure it, it hurts probably the pocketbook a little bit for the business, but you're, you're able to do something. Is yeah, that right? man. And we're, we're, you know, it's all, life is all about pivoting and, you know, I kind of, I, I never agree with people on this, but I just really like the business world. I, uh, I think I'm probably one of the few people that truly enjoy being an adult and like the bills and like trying to figure out where to put money and where to invest and all those things. Like, I just think it's a lot of fun. I think people take money too seriously. It's more of like a game. Where do you put your money to make more money and this and that. And, you know, some people got caught with a bad job. Like they shouldn't have been this, they shouldn't have had this crappy job and they're not even able to pivot into a different job. And, you know, if, if you really view, our adulthood, you know, it's, it's all a game and you have to make the adjustment. If this quarantine just like called you out, then you need to make an adjustment. You know, maybe, maybe you not, you need to not have a a job where you're in phase four, you know? Yeah. It's definitely a time to self-reflect and you really open eyes as far as what direction you want to go. I'm with you hundred percent on the whole government shouldn't be uh, telling you what to do with your business. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I think California is, uh, I mentioned this before, but I think, I think they're the first to do the wrong thing and the last to do the right thing. Uh, They, 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 ah, they're frustrating to, we've lived here our whole lives, uh, but I'm ready to get out of this state. It's just, it's too expensive talking about money. Your money can go so much further other places. I never thought I'd leave, but but I could see that happening down the road. And, and Gabe, I wish you the best with with the business. I think we're heading in a, in a semi-positive direction right now. Things are slowly starting to open up. So I really hope that in the very near future, you you open back up. And, and I, I, I'm pretty positive there's going to be people hungry to get out to the gym and work out uh, just because they've been cooped up in their house. Oh yeah, man. I I think they're uh, it's more now a matter of just getting ready for not even just the flood of new members, but like our current members, because they're going to be, they've already established the habits and they've basically been told they can't do it. So as soon as we get the green light, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be open, but you know, to be honest, man, here's my, here's my biggest stick with all of this. And, And you can speak to it. Maybe I think the biggest danger out of all of this lockdown stuff is that now there's like an objective protocol of how to lock down. And like, let, let, let's look back. There's been swine flu, um, West Nile, SARS. I mean, you name it every seven years, every eight years, whatever, this is going to happen. And the problem now is California now has this, like metric where if there's another scary thing, they could literally say we're in a phase two lockdown. If you're phase three or four, you're done. And that to me is what's like concerning because if you're a phase three worker, you might need to reconsider things because this is going to keep happening, dude. Yeah. It's, it's a bad precedent that's been set 
And you know what? There's plenty of people out there who are probably listening and saying, well, you guys don't care about safety and this thing is terrible and doomsday this, doomsday that. You know what? At some point, uh, we can't lock our up and hide. Like, we got to get out there. And you know what? I, I've looked at different numbers recently. Uh, I mean, we, we are not talking about a severe death rate here. We're, we're just not. I, I don't care however you spin it. And I don't want to be insensitive to anybody. I really don't. I don't want to lose anyone close to me. I don't want other people to lose people close to them. Uh, but there's a lot of scary things in this world. There are. And, and we fully operate knowing that anytime you set foot out that door, anything's possible. So uh, I, I really hope that common sense starts to prevail. If you want to have this slow opening, it, okay, that's fine. Uh, but but uh, you know what? I think a lot of people have suffered, a lot of people, and I'm not talking about the people who have the virus. Yeah, man, and and it, it's, it's such a tricky thing because how do you argue against people that are dying? You know, I mean, as soon as you <laughs> put it down to would you rather somebody go bankrupt or somebody die? I mean, that's, that's, of course you don't want somebody to die. You know, like that's, that's an impossible question. And I just think it's, it's, it's such a difficult topic to navigate because I own a business, but at the same time, I have tons of members that are nurses and they're like, this is terrible. Like you don't understand. They, they work at Huntington hospital, which is right down the road from us. Mm -hmm. And there's tents outside and it's like, you know, it's just such a difficult situation, man, because you don't want to, you're right. You don't want to be that person and you don't want to say like lives don't matter, of course. And at the same time, you don't want businesses to go under, you know, and I, I'm also kind of sick of people saying like, well, businesses should have had reserves. Well, you know, businesses are now on month two of <laughs> reserves. I can speak firsthand. You know, we are on month two and we are heading towards month three of reserves. And I don't know anybody that keeps three months or four months or five months of reserves. Yeah. Uh, I know that I hate saying this, but for me, it, it hit at a reasonable time. I, I had some money from baseball, my very shortened season that, that rolled in and that got me by. And now, you know, doing other things with, uh, for, for, you know, unemployment on all these things, but it's not sustainable. Like there has to be, uh, I think everyone's done their part and done their best to, okay, we'll, we'll get on board with this because uh, we're, yep. we're forced to, but uh, we, we got to move forward at some point. And, and look at when, when we all get back out there, there's going to be some, uh, some new cases. There's going to be, because we've all been inside, not, not immune to any, <laughs> anything or, or not, you know, just getting out there and it's like, Oh, any, any uh, small virus or, or, or sickness can be passed along because our immune systems are going to be so, uh, so uh, low, I guess, yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Um, well, I wish you, I, uh, things are going to get better, Gabe. And, and I think you're doing really good things. And, and I'm really happy with the success you've had in the, in the CrossFit uh, ownership in Pasadena. You talked a little bit about real estate. Is that something you kind of do on the side? Is that something you give more time to than your CrossFit gym? How does that yeah, fit man. into everything? Um, so, I'm really, I'm a really intense guy. I, I like to have a lot of things going at the same time. So I would legitimately say I do both full time and I'm not even exaggerating. Like that's just kind of how I approach it. Um, <clears throat> real estate during the daytime is booming. I mean, the, the CrossFit gyms kind of closed during the 
typical work hours. We open up at night um, and I have coaches that coach at the CrossFit gym. So I am able to pay a lot of attention to real estate and, you know, real estate's actually been really busy right now, um, which is not what most people are thinking because it just depends on, you know, what news source you're reading about. But yeah, man, I mean, we have, I have four escrows going right now and um, it's definitely a pain in the butt because, there's new forms, thanks to California. There's there's at least six new, no, five new forms that have been applied in the past two months. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, like like I said, I th- I consider this all a game. And if you are if you've been waiting to make a move and you're looking to buy, like man, this is this is the time. Like my wife and I, we are in escrow on a duplex <laughs> because. We just I saw the opportunity and just jumped on it. So there's good, there's good stuff going on, man. It's interesting. AJ Corsini said something similar, and I was surprised <laughs> to hear that, that, that uh, real estate, especially in Southern California, that of all the times where to be in a, in a semi-good place, it, it's now. So do, AJ was one of your old classmates. Do you and him ever chat about real estate since you've kind of both gone in that direction? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll share funny stories and what's going on. He's actually at the same office that I am. Um, so we, we, uh, we recruited him to come oh. over to our office, which is, which is really funny because it's like, you know, AJ, I mean, a, a, AJ is AJ <laughs> and our office, <laughs> our office is in Arcadia. <laughs> so, I mean, the, it, the average age of the agents are, you know, like fifties, sixties, um, I'd say 70% are Mandarin speaking. So it's, it's already a very like quieter office. Like there's, you know, and I remember the first day AJ came in and he's got like high socks and like, like miscolored socks and he's wearing khaki shorts. And it was just like, oh man, it was like, (laughs) it was like a splash of color thrown in. (laughs) Oh man, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh boy. Well, Gabe, if, if there a way, I mean, I know you're on Facebook and, and you, you promote yourself quite a bit, which is great. Is there a way for people to be able to reach out to you as far as either real estate or yeah, man. If, they, um, if they go to my, I mean, man, I got quite a few ways. Uh, my company name is Perez real estate team. Um, and uh, people ask who's on my team and it's like, there's there's me there's nobody else i just call myself a team but it tricks a lot of people into thinking there's a big team working for them (laughs) um but uh (laughs) if you go to my instagram prez real estate team you can click in the bio and you can you can book a a zoom consultation i've been doing a few of those um and with the you know with my crossfit gyms crossfit north pass uh again you can book a consultation through the link in the bio so easy easy to get a hold of me Okay, awesome. Well, if uh, if anyone out there is interested in either of those two things, be sure to contact oh. Gabe Perez. I can uh, promise you he'll bring a lot of energy uh, in the conversation and uh, lead you in the right direction Matt, for thank sure. You, man. People pay good money for that. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm here for. Hey, all, all six <laughs> of my listeners, man, don't, don't you worry. They're going to hear firmly. Uh, no, I, it's it's been cool because the show's grown for sure. You could see all the listenership and how many people listen to every episode. So that definitely keeps things motivated and, and you know, reach out to various people. 
a ton of old referee buddies and, of course, Rio Hondo Prep uh, alumni and such things like that. Uh, Gabe, you graduated Rio in 2005. Uh, you were two years younger than me, one year older than my brother, Sam. Uh, you were an Indian right. in Care Youth League at the uh, for Rio Hondo. And, you know, the one thing I remember about you from high school well, there's a few things, but the one I'll share is that you were a sophomore when I was a senior, and I was uh, still to this day probably the worst baseball uh, hitter of all time. Uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't hit, man. I just, I couldn't. I'd, I'd run into one every once in a while. But I was a catcher, and you played varsity your sophomore year. Actually, you played with us as a yeah. freshman a little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're a pretty good baseball player. You played catcher also, and I remember a lot of talk about you playing catcher <laughs> instead of me and you got up in other ways. You know, we, we stuck in right field a few times, which was pretty funny to see this <laughs> chest balls up and they got in the outfield. Uh, but Hey, you, you, you were a great player, really good hitter. And I remember it was, it was a blessing looking back to have someone nipping at my heels for my position, especially as a senior because and they were honestly, you were probably better than me, uh, but but I, I really worked hard that senior year. Worked harder than I had, uh, specifically just at the catching craft than I had before. And so uh, you know, we were teammates for that that season. But I'll never forget that. I just I I didn't want you to take my position, and, and you were really good, and and it just pushed me a little bit harder. That's one fond memory I have from. Yeah, you know, you I wish I school. could. Uh, I wish I could say it was a fond memory too, Matt. But I still remember when you backdoored me on third base. No, oh, really. What, I remember specifically, Mister Loomis was trying to teach me how he wanted us to run bases. Not saying it was wrong, but I was like, "All right, this is weird." He had us do like a like a stutter step forward instead of like you know like a defensive basketball stance. And I remember specifically, I was like, all right, well, let me try this out. And I know, I know I'm going after the position. And I'm like, all right, you know what? He's better than me. He's got a better throw. But, you know, I'm just going to make him look bad while, while running the bases. Like, that was my strategy. And uh, I still remember Mr. Loomis, you know, like he kind of had like a higher, like a little bit of a higher voice. And he's like, step, step, step. And I was like stepping down the baseline. And I remember specifically, I saw you load up and I was like, oh man. And I tried and you backdoored me. And I was like fuming for like three days. I was just like, I just blew it. I blew it. Well, you got your Melina with a little backpick on you, huh? Wow. I, I, damn, now that you bring it up, I vaguely remember this, but, uh, man, some of the things you, you do and don't remember. Well, that's pretty funny. I mean, uh, yeah, well, I appreciate your, uh, not being on your toes in time for me to snap one day. It probably had to be the absolute, it was the line or something for me to make a throw that situation. Oh, that was, that was a fun year. We, we, we came up short. You, you had some, Good success on the baseball field. You were a lot of fun to watch in football because uh, you know, much like your fighting or your 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 intense uh, mentality, you talk about you you were a crazy guy in the field. Uh, I remember you getting a uh, concussion basically in a game. You guys were getting killed, and they had to take your helmet from you. And you wanted to go back in, and I was telling the guys in the stands like Gabe wants to go in, uh, even though you know you guys are losing. 
losing bad at the time. And I just remember seeing that and, and feeling for you because I knew how much it meant to you to be on the field. And those are just a few of the different examples I, that I remember from, from you in high school, either playing with you briefly, but also Dude, watching you I remember you that. I remember afterwards. when Dr. Walsh, we were playing, maybe it was, maybe it was Flint Ridge. Yeah. But I remember specifically my helmet was taken from me and <laughs> I stole Brian Rentschler's helmet and tried to go back onto the field. And they caught me, obviously. There's only 10 other guys out there. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I don't see really past that specific, like, goal. So I loved football. I was going to do everything I could. Um, we managed to be, I think, like, the only team that could mathematically have missed a championship. Like, we, we freshman year, we didn't go up. And Landon did. You guys won. And then sophomore year, there was a loss. And then junior and senior. So, we're like, we literally were the only team for, like, a while that did not get a ring. And I still remember just thinking, like, that was the worst feeling. That was, like, terrible. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I love playing football. I, I tried to play, like, as dirty as I could. Uh, I still remember – man, oh, <laughs> I love hearing Mark on the podcast, by the way. But I still remember when we played Pauly okay. and – we were playing at their field so it was daytime and there was a specific play where we were in a dog pile and you saw me (laughs) rip off someone's helmet (laughs) uh yeah i got pretty beat up in football but it was worth it yeah yeah it's it's still the best of times and i really feel bad for people that don't get to experience high school football uh, basketball's cool, baseball's cool, but but the whole football which, experience is is amazing. Which is getting pushed Ronald around now, man. Like it, it just just seems like football is just—it's <sighs> scary, Gabe. It's scary, yeah, man. Dangerous. I mean, come here's on. Here's the thing. I, okay, let's say you have a, a a child that's growing up, and they had to pick between football, basketball, baseball. Mm-hmm. Which sport? Pretend this isn't care youth league, and they're playing everything. Which sport are you going to have your kid play or this kid play? I think, I think the most lessons learned are are exactly. And I just, yeah, people play flag now, but they're missing the point. People say a flag football because they still understand the flow. They'll kind of get like, you know, because in football, there's just certain things like, especially as a linebacker, you can't put your finger on it, but you know, a play is flowing a certain way, even if it's like a reverse and yeah, you know, they, yeah. Under, they misunderstand because they're like, oh, well, you know, they're going to understand the game. They're going to understand the flow, but you're missing the whole part of like sacrificing <laughs> like your well-being, like throwing chop block, even though it is the ugliest role in that play. But it's going to be the reason your running back goes for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh teamwork, sacrifice, all those things, tough, oops, sorry, toughness, uh, just studying, you know, a lot of that game film, uh, strategy, just there's so much that goes into it. And I talked to Steve Allman recently about this, uh, but you know, there's mm-hmm. this, there's this war on football right now, this attack and it's, uh, it's at all levels. I mean, numbers are down because people buy into the, to the nonsense, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I, I broke my collarbone in, in, in football. I, I, uh, I got injured. I rolled an ankle pretty bad, but I'll tell you what, my worst <laughs> concussion I ever had was in basketball. And 
and, and, and you and I kind of played similar uh, ba- basketball. You know, I always found football to be way oh, yeah. safer. I mean, at least you had pads I, on. I got out of – I finished my athletic career with five concussions. And one was one was <laughs> from baseball because I got <laughs> nailed with a fastball right in the face. And I still don't remember it, though, so it didn't affect me playing baseball, which was really a blessing because I don't remember it at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, people ask that because, you know, in, in CrossFit, especially people are like, oh, what's your background? And you tell them and their first response is like, oh, wasn't that dangerous? Like, was it worth it? And I kind of just, I can't explain it. Like, yes, it was absolutely worth it. I would have taken a sixth concussion. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's unbelievable like, how the narrative now that, that that it's this super dangerous. Oh, and they got all this science behind this. You know, well, people aren't meant to to bash heads, and you know, people aren't meant to get in car accidents either. People aren't meant to, you know, <laughs> it's just like, uh what 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 are we doing? We love taking something. But that's so, but once again, uh, great like how and, difficult and, of a position is it to argue against? science when it's like when you're arguing for an intangible like you know what i mean it's and you know you 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 made me think of something like pitching like people are so dedicated to pitch counts and part of me is like but there's a flow for the pitcher like you gotta just let him play and mm-hmm. it's like oh i don't know there's a there's a lefty coming up and uh you know mathematically this person's you know 10 percent better and it's just uh just it just drives me crazy yeah, why, why don't they count the the, the warm up pitches? How come they don't count the uh, the pickoff throws? Like that's that's how ridiculous. Yeah. It is. Well, those don't. Well, yeah. the guy's still throwing a ball. Like, come on. So yeah, you get me all fired up, game man. I tell you. Um, but uh, you know, uh, care youth league. How did you start care youth league? Like, what what age were you? Was it somebody at school man, told so you about it? How did care it all youth go down? League, um, I was in first grade, uh, and there was a flyer that was handed out to all the kids, and it was like, "Come play football." And I had no idea that it was, you know, a Christian organization. I didn't know there was other sports. I was just a pretty big first grader, and I was incredibly hyperactive, and. <clears throat> You know, I got, I got, you know, all fired up for it. And I told my mom, (laughs) she was like, you don't know how to play football. And I was like, I don't care. Let's, let's go. And you know, what's funny is (laughs) I heard Fred's um, story about when he started with the Indians and I totally remember it. Like, I remember when Fred Monteblanco (laughs) showed up and it was like, (laughs) dude, have you seen the kicking and screaming with Will Ferrell? Yeah, so there's like they bring on some ringers on a team it, yeah. that sucks. That was Fred. Like he was like our blue chipper, and he was like our representative against Dan Pastor on the Tigers. Like, um, but I showed up for a football game, and I never played football before. And I want to say my coach was John Martin, and I was a big kid, so any okay. coach you know is going to be like, oh, you know what you can do is you can go block. And, you know, everyone has the story of how they first started. And it's always like a good story or like a cute, embarrassing story. Mine was kind of brutal. Like I, I remember it was against Superior and there was this redheaded kid. His name was something Thatcher. And I don't, I just, I just remember he was, he was a redheaded kid. And this was the old school KYL helmet. So like they had the bar going down the middle that kind of made you go cross-eyed. 
I remember specifically <laughs> the ball hiked and I grabbed his mask by that bar and I just started twirling the guy around. And I remember him looking me in the face with the big old eyes. And I remember specifically thinking, swinging him around thinking, this is not that hard of a sport. Like, I don't understand. And my mom was yelling like, let go, let go. And I mean, that was my first experience with football. Um, once I started getting it, like getting the hang of it, I just wanted to hit kids and, you know, and then I discovered other sports like basketball and baseball. And I started off as a first grader and I went all the way through the ranks, man. <laughs> I love it, man. And a lot of people have interesting stories. Yeah. About how they started. A lot of it is just, they heard about it at school or saw a flyer and, and jumped right in. And, and that's a great story. You don't, you don't know how to play football. Well, let me go learn. Come on. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> oh, that's, that's good stuff, man. Uh, some tremendous leaders and coaches I'm sure you experience. Are there any that stick out to you either from Kerry Youth League or Rio Hondo? I'm sure, I'm sure they all touch you in one way or another, but what was it like? Uh, some of your, your, I mean, hands down, the most impact uh, on you? I would say Todd Carson. Um, you know, I had the pleasure of being coached by every single of the Carsons and I heard all your podcasts with them. Um, I would say Todd Carson 100% had the strongest impact on me. He, uh, you know, he had this, he had this saying when we were growing up basically as his junior high kids and it was, um, part in the mess construction in progress. And, it was like so perfect for boys. <laughs> and it's honestly why I have a passion for working with kids that age, because I mean, man, you cannot think of a more disgusting being than a seventh grade boy. Like it's <laughs> like the hormones, they smell, <laughs> they're like outings are disgusting. I mean, it's just like the best is absolutely the best. Um, and yeah, Todd, Todd just really, he really cut through, cut through the exterior that I had. Like people don't know it, but when I got to Rio Hondo prep, I didn't go to Rio Hondo prep for a good reason. I went because I was like a really, really, really bad kid. Um, I did not want to go to Rio Hondo prep at all. Um, my mom made me, but uh, once I got there, Todd just really, he just really connected with me. You know, he was, he was just really he was that guy that rather than try to change every kid, he had the ability to like retarget our energy, you know, like, Oh, you are really focused. You know what you're going to do? You're going to be our team manager and you're going to be the best team manager ever. And the kids like, yeah, you know, like that was Todd. Todd was, you know, he, he taught, us so many lessons growing up and, and you know he was such a he was such a kid himself like he would be the one to when we were on a trip to see a lake or a river and he would be like the first one jumping in you know like that was that's how Todd kind of brought us up through the ranks and that was like the the, the strongest um I would honestly say I didn't appreciate Mark enough because I was such like so focused and Mark gave us so much freedom that I didn't take advantage of it. I was like, okay, where do you want me to go? Okay. What do you want me to do? Okay. I'm going to do that. 
And like when Fred said it, like Mark was like a player's coach, like I couldn't agree more. Mark was awesome. And he, and he pushed the program. He pushed the high school program, the football program so much further than it would have gone anyways. Yeah, they, they're, they're both, uh, I'm right there with you on both of them. They, <laughs> they tremendous impact and, and, and both a little different, but also very similar. Uh, do you ever, do you get to follow much of the, the football program these days, either from Dude, a distance to this or day, get to a game occasionally? always ask me, Gabe, why are you live streaming on Facebook a high school football game? And I kid you not, I will say, well, I want to see how the <laughs> offensive line's doing. <laughs> Like, I want to see, you know, how, how the uh, how linebackers are reacting, you know, what's their first step, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I watch as often as I can. Um, I don't really make it to any games very often, you know, because with just with what I do now for work with CrossFit gym and stuff, I'm usually pretty busy um, and I usually can't make it to games. But when I can, it is like a treat, man. I get more excited going to those games than anything else. Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and you know, uh, I've, I've gotten to a few, but I'm the same way. I'm watching on my phone on Friday nights, but not there. And uh, people are like, what are you watching? I'm like, yeah, watching the alma mater. You know, it, it still matters to, to us, to, to Dude. people like us. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, just, my, so, so unique my that wife way. is, so my wife is from Wyoming, um, which makes it the one person that I knew from Wyoming. Like that was like, the joke is no one knows anybody from Wyoming. Like no one's actually there, but no, she's there. She, she, she grew up in Wyoming and she grew up in a town of like, yeah, I'm going to butcher it. I want to say 15,000, um, which is like how many people live on a city block in LA. Um, and she had a bigger yeah. high school class than I did by far. And it's so crazy though, because she <laughs> came from a small town and we have so many similarities with how we feel about like our teams back home. Like, it's just, it's crazy. So it's, it's so ironic because mm -hmm. she moved from mm -hmm. Wyoming and Wyoming, super conservative state. She's probably the most liberal person to come out of Wyoming, moved to California and found <laughs> probably one of the more conservative Californians that you'll ever find. So, so when I go to Wyoming, dude, it is the best. It's like, first of all, they all think I'm Native American because most of them have never seen a Mexican. <laughs> so, so, I mean, they just, you know, Jeez, you're, you're, you're camping, you're fishing, you're, you're four wheeling, you're shooting guns. It's like, it's just the best. And I love her Wyoming family so much. Like it's, it's the best. Oh, that's fantastic. That that is great. I, I I met her a few times. I didn't realize she was from up there, and that, that <laughs> that's really cool, man. Uh, well, if you get to any game this year, I God willing, of course, I hope this quarantine gets lifted and people are able to play sports again. But we're on to prep against oh, Pasadena Poly at the Coliseum. Like, what do you think of that? Incredible. I mean, it's what it's week zero, right? So that's August. No. Oof, man, I just, August, it yeah. would be so unfortunate if out of all the times that we needed a game to happen, uh, <laughs> man, that would, I didn't know it was against Polly. Oh, I used to love playing yeah, Polly. Week zero. Man. 
non-league, non-league. I mean, I'm talking yes. to Steve Allman. He's thinking to flying down from Oregon for that game. I mean, all kinds of alumni are all fired up for that one. So I really hope it happens. It's going to be hopefully the California doesn't MVP screw this up. Dude, okay. Agreed. So 100%. I, I probably have the most fond, the, the fondest memory playing Polly because they just were so soft. It was just so much fun, just like just hurting them as often as possible. I mean, who like who was your like who was your team that you loved playing the most? Well, we we were, we had a unique situation where we started. You know, we joined, we joined the prep league in 2002 is uh, our football season. And we hadn't played 11 man. We hadn't played Pauly. We, we were really looking forward to playing Western oh. Christian early on because yeah. they had a bunch of carry youth league guys on that, on that <laughs> team. Uh, Joe Wellman included Troy Doolittle. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he and I touched on that game uh, when he was on the podcast a, a week or so ago. And, you know, that game meant so – there was so much built up for that game uh, just because of the the uh, the teams knowing each other so much. But I didn't quite get the, the whole poly rivalry until uh, that game started when we played them our senior year. The game started, and then you knew, like, oh, this is different. And then to see even how, like, the alumni and everyone were, were – were uh, cheering and everyone was acting different. I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is a big deal. So uh, we beat him. Uh, it was a great way to kick off the 11 man season to, to, you know, bring them down a peg. Unfortunately uh, we lost to the team in the first round of the playoffs that lost uh. to Polly in the finals. So that one was a tough bill to swallow. Polly went all the way. Uh, Flintridge prep didn't get a chance to beat them two of the probably craziest games I've ever experienced with them. We lost by one point our junior year, and then we lost by two points our, our senior year. So uh, all the prep league games, all of them kind of blended together. It was just mm. so fun to get an opportunity to play 11-man football. And, uh, you know, just I, I miss it all, all the time. And, 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 man, there's just nothing like it, Gabe. And, and so it's fun to see other kids playing the game especially wearing the uniform you once wore and uh you can call us tacky or whatever you want but but uh, yeah it's man a special and really thing just like real hundred pro football it just is this not to be like depressing but like it leaves a hole you know like because you 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 work so long with the same yeah. guys and it leaves this hole not only for like the camaraderie but like you get addicted to competition and, and, you know, you have the band playing and you have like people screaming and it's like a Friday night and you, 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 you miss that so much. And I think that's just what draw like, that's what drove me to find something like I'm still competing and as many things as I can, because I just need that. <laughs> I need to compete in something. Uh, otherwise I get antsy. I get super antsy. Yeah, I was, I was extremely competitive and, and I went kind of a different way with it. I went another route. I said, you know what, I got to shake this <laughs> competitive stuff. And so I, I became this neutral party. I became a referee. I became an umpire, someone who tried to control the chaos, someone who tried to understand that, that, that people did care about winning, but I didn't have to care. I didn't have to care about who won that game, just care about the product on the field. And, and so that was kind of the way I 
I was able to, to get through everything and I'm really glad I took that route. It was just, but I totally get, get what you're saying about competitiveness. I think it's, it's in us. I see it in your business and in your real estate and your, your CrossFit work. It's definitely uh, shining and, and uh, very visible from, <laughs> yeah, from man. all of I, your uh, actions. You know, if you, next time you see my wife, ask her what are, so she got me on Game of Thrones and I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones or did, um, but I, I was like so he- resistant oh, yeah. to it. And oh, yeah. I was like, probably for six years, I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> and, um, as soon as I got, as soon as I gave it a chance, I was just absolutely hooked, but I ended up like saying like, okay, well we have house words now, you know? <laughs> and if you, if you ever see her, just ask her what our house <laughs> words are and the house words are moderation is for cowards. And it's just like, that is just how I just, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Same way with that show. I I took forever. I was like, I'm not watching some dragon show. And then uh, you watch a few episodes like, Oh my, this is violent (laughs) and all the above. It has everything in it. Uh, Very, very crazy show. So I did like that quite a bit. Uh, Well, well, Gabe, I got to ask you a quick question here as we kind of wind down towards our, uh, our conversation here. But you're a pretty big Dodger fan, right? Oh, here we go. And you hate those San Francisco <laughs> Giants, right? <laughs> I'm just trying to point out the inconsistencies that I see. That is all. I respect your opinion and this and that. But if, if those who don't know, Gabe is one of those Dodger fan, San Francisco 49er fans that drive me absolutely crazy. You don't have to love my Rams, that's for sure. All right. But well, I just – oh. Gabe, you kill me. I see you people wearing those. Yes, you people wearing those LA Dodger hats <laughs> and 49er jerseys. I'm like, how do you, you root for it is? a team it's, it's for that city you hate? It's a total cop-out answer. And, you know, this – but here's the truth. I give everyone a pass on this. If somebody's wearing like a Detroit, you know, you know, and any other team that's like random, I will always ask, why are you wearing that? And though, And if they say – Oh, I don't know. It's it's a cool hat. Like, okay, lost all respect for you. But if they say, "Well, my dad was from there, so I grew up watching them." I'm like, "You know what? I can actually appreciate that because your team sucks and you're still supporting them." Right on. I I support that. I grew up watching Agreed. Steve Young and Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders, and I remember crying when Deion Sanders went to the Cowboys, but that's beside the point. Hang on, I have a so. So, are you telling me you were the only person on the planet who saw the 49ers play? Is that what you're saying? I'm yeah. trying to understand this because I saw I saw the 49ers play as well. So, what what do you mean you saw that you grew up watching them? Like, I'm trying to get a, get an understanding here. There's a lot of games. I are you saying because they were winning and they were like the greatest ever? To like the 49ers because I loved watching Jerry Rice play because there was all this talk. And I was little, by the way, so like I couldn't have really appreciated it until I got older and realized how phenomenal he was. But he wasn't even that good. Like he wasn't that fast. He had like very few tools and they would always talk about it and how he would. I still remember so many times him catching the ball and me being young enough to think like, oh, he's going to score a touchdown because it's because it's Jerry Rice. Like he's supposed to like this is the superhero (laughs) and this is what he does. And yeah, man, I mean. My team, my uh, my family supports 
we have Cowboys fans, Raiders fans, Rams fans. Um, so like, it's not like I would go to a house and everybody would be watching the same, the same teams. So yeah, I grew up watching the 49ers. I would just want to watch them play. And, you know, I mean, there, there's no other, you know, I, I see the inconsistencies, you know, especially when, you know, but here's the thing. I respected people <laughs> that were Rams fans when they were at St. Louis. And it's because you grew up watching them and they left yeah, you, they, but you were like, you know what? I still support. Yeah. I still support this team because I grew up watching them, even though they are now in St. Louis. So, so would you, would you say it was important yeah. to support yeah, that the Rams was, I, even know. though they were not local anymore? Would you, would you say that they gave you yeah. incredible for, well, childhood for me, memories go ahead. before they left you empty-handed and crying? <laughs> childhood memories? No, they were, they were terrible. <laughs> so, so I'm a, I'm a, another whole nother extreme situation where, yes, I, I fell in love with this team that was never good to me. <laughs> it was, they were, I remember, uh, you know, a three and thirteenth season was was not bad, you know. <laughs> I but I, no, I think more than anything, it was the fact that I got to go to games. My dad was a huge fan, so I went to games, and to be around the tailgate and and uh, the season tickets and, and all this and that. Like to me, those are the memories. But but no, they hardly ever won <laughs> when I was going to games in the early mid nineties, or they left in the mid nineties, but the early nineties. Uh, so they left, and I remember being a nine-year-old and thinking, well, what do you mean they're leaving? They're going to another – what do you mean a team – like they have a road game? No, no, no. <laughs> they're they're moving to another city, and uh, I wasn't sure what to feel, but my dad was, you know, he was still rooting for him. And, and honestly, I was like, well, who else am I going to root for? I'm not going to root for the, the Raiders because <laughs> we grew up not liking them, and the 49ers, they're the rivals. And so I was like, well – I guess it's the, the LA Rams of St. Louis. I guess, I guess is the so uh, having no idea that they they you know win a Super Bowl and in a second one, um, but no, the Rams were terrible and and that's almost respect. why I like see them, and I respect why I stuck I so that. so close. To them. Yeah, no one else. Did. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, I, and I yeah, I can respect your your love of Steve Young and and Jerry Rice because even though I hate oh, yeah. the 49ers, Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver to ever play the game, and Steve Young was so fun to watch. True competitor, it's fun to watch him run the ball. His career probably oh, dude, ended yeah. uh, sooner because he ran the ball so much. Uh, yeah, just just a great look at. If you can't look at franchises. You can hate them, but but if you can't look at franchises and respect the players that are on them, uh, then then you're looking at the wrong thing. Because there's there's plenty of good things to be said. That said, uh, the red and gold but not, sickens but not me, Cardinal, and right? it is not so hard. When, what is it? Is it gold? It's not gold. <laughs> yeah, cardinal and gold. We're talking college football now. Oh yeah. Well, again, I I, I am more of a professional fan but i i will follow you're talking to the guy that i i like boise state too i like everything they do i love the service academies i love watching that i'll watch usc i'll watch fresno state i love watching teams that you know no man i i really supposed to be good if that makes sense that's why i have a ton (laughs) of respect for og boston fans you know um 
That's why I'm building more and more respect for us Dodger fans. You know, I, I will give them my heart every season to break and I will do it with a smile on my face. And, uh, you know, my wife and I went to the uh, World Series game where Boston actually won. Like they won that World Series there. So that was that was exciting. That was great. Well, you know, it was, I'm sure, painful, but at the same time, you can say that you were at a final game of a World Series and, and to see a team celebrate, even though it wasn't your team, you know, that, that, that's something to be said. You know, I have a bucket list of things like that that I want to go see and do. And yeah. I'm going to try to get to it here in the near future, you know, getting to a Super Bowl or a World Series game or some of these rivalries. I, I just love sports game and I love, I love just – you know, the different fan fan bases and the relationships you, you see with different people. It, it's a lot of fun. And before I let you go, Gabe, I'm going to give you an opportunity. You, you can bash my Rams if you like. Uh, this is an open, open forum here. But the Los Angeles Rams, yes, the Los Angeles Rams came out with some new uniforms recently. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see them. And as a non-Los Angeles you know, Rams I, uh, fan, what was your honest that take called on that? Bone? The, it's white. I mean – I'm not mad at it. You know, I'm not um, mad at it. I think that looks good. Yeah, I think their logo is terrible. It looks so the LA bad. with it the, looks like, the fake it, it looks like thing. a cartoon. But you know what? I mean, yeah. here's the yeah. thing. At the end of the day, no matter how bad the 49ers have been, they usually can get a win from the Rams. And I always appreciate just a few. You know, when we were really, really bad, no matter what the Rams did that season, they always gave us a win. And I've, I'll be forever grateful, you know. <laughs> it's not like always. Not always. Come on now. Like, you know what? No matter uh, what, guys, we got the Rams. And <laughs> no matter what, we're going to get something out of that game. So, you know, I appreciate it. You, you know what I've seen in recent years with the Rams, a 49er rivalry, is that uh, there have not been too many blowouts. The 49ers in the Coliseum last year, that game wasn't as close as the score indicated. They, they, they pushed around the Rams quite a bit. Yeah. I think it was what, like 24 to seven or something like that. It wasn't that big of a deficit, but I mean, the Rams were never even close to being in that game. The game in Santa Clara was a very good game and kind of a classic Rams 49er game that I think have kind of gone on the past few years. Even when Harbaugh was coaching the Niners, like it seemed like the Rams always play well against the 49ers. They, they stepped up their game a little bit. And there hasn't been too many blowouts. I think the Rams blew out the Niners two years ago up there. But every time they get together, I think the, the history comes into play and the, the fans and just the, the, the passion. And, and they definitely play each other close. Rather, one team's way better or, or the other. Because last year, 49ers were hands down way better than them and most of the teams in the NFC. And that, that yeah, game I late mean, in the season and think, was a heck of a game. I think that's why people tend to fall in love with sports because rivalries are – I mean, you had Maynard on the podcast, you know, and he was talking about the Army-Navy uh, rivalry. You know, I mean, the USC-UCLA, uh, you know, that's not so much for, for a while there, but – you know, I mean, the rivalries, I think, is it gives you a chance to feel like you're in the fight somehow because you have a history behind you. Um, you know, like, that's how I feel with the Dodgers. Like, I, I know I will just lose it when the Dodgers win a World Series. Like, I just know it. And it's because there's so much history tied into it. You know, 
the World Series games we lost. I still remember watching it with like my uncle who's not with us anymore. You know, it's like so many things are tied to sports and rivalries that it's just you can't match it. No, no, not at all. And uh, I feel bad for people that aren't that interested in the sports because, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, just, yeah, it bring yeah, we're crazy. We're crazy for watching other grown men play, play kids games, but you know, we love it and rivalries. Oh man. I'm itching like crazy to get back to watching sports. And, and I know there's some way bigger things at, uh, at hand that, that, you know, take precedent over all that with safety and, and, you know, wellness of everything. But I think, eventually soon we're going to get back to it. I don't know if we'll see a major league baseball season or the NBA continued, but I think the NFL will play. I, I, I just, uh, it's just a feeling. I have no evidence. I think they'll find a way to play. And I think the country will really rally at that point when we get some sports oh, yeah, going I mean, and, and hopefully everything just, else gets sorted. It's going to be like people's escape, you know? And, and I think that's kind of one of the things that, that makes this, lockdown hurt so bad is people are realizing what they needed as an escape. And now they see like, Oh my goodness, I don't have, I don't have this. Like this is, this was my escape from this. And it's not like it's a bad thing. Like, yeah, it sounds bad to say you want to escape reality, but I mean, sports is what gets people excited. Like, you know, not to be melodramatic, but I think one of the most powerful things is, is hope. And you, people want to hope that sports are going to come back or they're, you know, things are going to get better. And as soon as you say like, Oh, three more months, you just, you, you just chop people, their hopes go down (laughs) and it's just, eh, I don't know. It's going to get, it's going to get worse if people, if things don't start opening up a little bit. (laughs) I mean, name something else where you high five a stranger. Maybe a concert. Think about it. I mean, where, where do you high five a stranger? Like walking on the street and just high five someone. Like, no, you don't do that. You, you, you know, uh, maybe a concert if something's yeah. really cool. But no, you, you do it with sports, whether at a game or at someone's house who has friends. And you're, you know, it's just you really think about that. And, and it's just I hope we get back to it. And again, I hope other things are sorted out first. But Gabe, I got to tell you, you are officially well, the longest interview Did I've had now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, it's an hour 15 or so, give or take. But uh, there's no, there's no time limit at all. Uh, we'll wrap it up here shortly. The time has flown by. I'm not saying <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy it. It was a good, good conversation. And, and as I said before, most of the people who I haven't talked to in a while, those conversations go the longest and, and I'm totally fine with that. It's great. It's fun to sit and talk with you. I hope we get to sit and talk very soon, maybe in person down the road. Uh, and I'd love to have you back on the program uh, with a, yeah, with a man, follow-up uh, maybe a with, really after everything this. gets sorted out. Cool. Well, I appreciate the support with the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, coming on. I really hope everything gets gets going with you and to anyone listening out there as far who wants to reach out to Gabe for uh, real estate questions or some, maybe some CrossFit questions or, or anything for that matter, feel free to do so. If you, if, if you can't find him, reach out to me and I'll, I'll definitely put uh, him in touch with easy. you. So Gabe, thanks again. It's Thanks again, Gabe Perez for taking us around third, getting us home safe for the weekend. 
great interview, a lot of fun talking with you. We talked for a long time, but you know what? It was worth it. Hopefully all of you stuck with us, and, and thank you for bearing with us for us rambling away and also for bearing with us with our audio issues. We will try to get right on that and try to limit how many times that happens. But Gabe, thanks again. Good luck with everything. We will be in touch shortly. Well, guys, that wraps up another fun week on the Get Home Safe podcast. It has been so much fun. I really appreciate everyone who's come on, all the feedback. I continue to get emails from people and uh, just little messages here and there. It's just a true blessing, and I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep letting you all know because uh, it really is is a special thing, and, and I really have had fun with this. I'm really excited for next week's episodes as well. We're going to take a few days off and you know, recharge the batteries, take off Saturday, Sunday. No sports on to my knowledge. I'll, I'll have to look for something, see if there's a Korea baseball game on or, or some type of uh, car race. I don't know. But I'm going to try to find something. And if not, you know, reach out to some friends and, and maybe uh, maybe talk off the air or in person even. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, taking a few days off for the weekend. We'll be back Monday, a full slate of guests again next week. Really excited about them. Let me tell you a little bit about them. I'll, I'll also post them, the schedule, on our Facebook page as well. Maybe some uh, the Twitter handle as well. So, so keep an eye out for that stuff. But on Monday, we're going to be joined by Dave Gimby. He is a college baseball umpire. He is a good friend of mine. I haven't had a chance to work with him in a couple years, but he's got a great outlook on just what it's like to umpire college baseball, kind of the journey to get there, and balancing that with with work. You know, not all guys are able to get off work early and and go umpire, but, but Dave will talk all about college baseball umpiring. Really looking forward to that. On Tuesday, we are going to be joined by Renzo Roel. He is a family and marriage therapist. He is now kind of in a, uh, a an overseeing type position at his work, but he's going to tell us kind of uh, those those types of uh, what that type of work entails. And he has some interesting stories and a, an interesting outlook on, on what's going on right now. He's going to fill us in on some really good information and details about how there's more to uh, locking down the country than just jobs and uh, and, and virus and, and there's there's other effects of it. So uh, looking forward to sitting down with my old high school teammate, uh, Renzo Roel. That will be uh, a lot of fun to uh, to reminisce and should be a fun interview. On Wednesday, who else? Bill Barnes. He's back again after a fiery episode a couple days ago. He may make another appearance here at the studio. Maybe I will go over to uh, his, uh, his uh, living situation, go over to that. Uh, home of his. I don't know, but either way, we'll have him out on the podcast on Wednesday for his weekly rant, his weekly uh, fiery thoughts. I love having him. I get plenty of feedback about him. I'm sure there's some people who don't tune in on Wednesdays as well, but to each his own. We have him here every single Wednesday and would not have it any other way. On Thursday, you want to talk about enthusiasm. Let me tell you, Paul Clark will be on the program. He is a former Rio Hondo prep graduate, played ball, played a little bit of minor league baseball as well, played some football at the college level. He has some fired up opinions about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. Going to be a great, great episode next week. And like I said, Paul has uh, a lot of energy. Uh, Just can't wait to (laughs) share that interview with you guys. That was a lot of fun. And on Friday, we're going to be joined by Mars Cerna. I used to officiate 
basketball with Mars. He is now working in some uh, various school district uh, work. He's on the school board uh, for the Fontana School District. He uh, works San Bernardino County and just in some education uh, different avenues. He's a he's an adjunct professor at the uh, San Bernardino Valley College. So he's got a lot of fun things to talk about. Uh, we correlate basketball a lot with his career path. Can't wait for that interview to uh, put that out on Friday. So that is our guest list. Really looking forward to it. Each and every conversation, it, it, it'll be just as good, if not better, than this week's uh, episodes with uh, with our guests that we had. A big thank you to them. Thank you in advance to all those who have already recorded and will put out those episodes uh, next week. Really looking forward to it. Thank you again for joining us. It's been a fun, fun, fun week. Really looking forward to next week. I keep saying it, but let's take a break. Let's let's settle down for the weekend, maybe recharge. But guys, whatever you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. <laughs>